Representative Gaines, thanks for rolling out here this morning. Thanks for having me. First of all, what's this business about being the best dressed in the legislature? The <laughs> AJC, this thing, the dapper Houston Gaines. What is this? Well, it, it uh, you know, it's funny as, as I got more people sending me that. You know, we got our first bill through. The governor just signed it on Tuesday. Nobody, you know, it, but but all of a sudden they put out a list of ten and. You know, I thought it was pretty funny, but uh, you know, you never know what you're going to end up with. I was just glad somebody, had, someone, had, someone had something nice to say oh, about nice me. Nice to know, say, it's been sure. A while. Uh, your own bill, which is what? what? What does that one do? House Bill 217. So it enables syringe services programs here in Georgia, and it was one of the first bills that Governor Kemp signed. And I appreciate his commitment to ensuring public health. What this bill is going to allow us to do is is authorize, uh, Department of Public Health would authorize these sort of programs. And the idea being to get people into uh, rehab treatment programs, reduce the spread of opioids, but also, um, you know, we have an increasing increasing, uh, rate of HIV and hepatitis C in our state, and we've got to do uh, what we can to ensure reduction. You know, the Trump administration has come out in favor of these programs actually just a couple weeks ago. You know, some places like California and, and Washington State, they go way too far with these safe injection sites. Uh, but what we're doing is a Georgia-centric solution, and I appreciate Governor Kemp getting it signed into law so we can get to work on it. Right, now, House Bill 481, the fetal heartbeat bill, uh, you voted for this. You had a couple of different occasions to vote for this, and, and you did. Uh, and you did. The wrath of Hollywood descends on Georgia now, or so we are led to understand. Uh, talking about this early this morning, that everybody focuses on, obviously, I mean, the headline is what it will do vis-a-vis abortion, uh, it, it, ban most of them after six weeks of pregnancy. But there are other components to that bill that don't get discussed much, and maybe they need to be discussed. It, it You know, it, it's a complicated bill. It really is. And, and um, you know, there, there's, I mean, I, you know, you can't say with, with every bill, there, there's no perfect bill. Um, and, and so, you know, it's it, it was a it was a it was a very challenging issue. Like like Senator Ginn said, I mean, I heard from hundreds of people uh, frankly, thousands across the state, but even within the district, hundreds of people on both sides of the issue, and and even, you know, even among the issue, um, people would say, well, gosh, you know, I, I, here's a particular case that uh, we think needs a carve out, and and so there's all sorts of even even if you're pro-life or pro-choice, there's there's minor details that are that are important, and you know the the bill also does include, and and, and you know certainly a lot of this isn't reported, but. You know, exceptions for rape, incest, life with a mother, and if, if the baby is not going to live outside the womb. Um, and, and those are important uh, for a lot of individuals. And, and so, um, you know, the reality is it's it's a tough issue. And, and um, you know, you have to have to really just think, um, you know, what 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 is what is right? Uh, what do you believe? And, and what do your constituents believe? And so I made the decision to vote for it. As I say, some components of the bill that don't get discussed much. One is, as I understand it, uh, the, the father, a father, is going to be on the hook for child support payments before the child is born. That That's right. So, um, and, and there's other uh, tax implications within the bill, you know, uh, uh, one, one six weeks, once once there's a te- detectable heartbeat in the womb, um, you know, there's also uh, can be claimed as a dependent for tax purposes. So, there, there's um, there's several components, you know, on the on the child support. Um, it, it it would be uh, funding that would help uh, cover the costs of prenatal care. Um, it, it, it it wouldn't be as uh, as much as once the child is born. Uh, but there there are several uh, several components that 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 there. Uh, it, 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 like I said, it's a complicated bill. There's no doubt about it. 
Again, State Rep. Houston Gaines in studio with us. Uh, any number of items that we could look at. Uh, one I'm hearing and understanding, the governor signed this bill last night. Not a lot of fanfare, but he signed House Bill 316 uh, regarding elections and specifically voting machines. We're going to get those voting machines. Uh, the Secretary of State, I understand, is already out there looking for them. Going to get these machines that will be, they'll be touchscreen machines, much like what we have now, but with the, the paper trail. That's exactly right, and, and, and I think this is a common-sense solution that is going to help secure our elections for years to come, and I think that um, it's unfortunate that the other side made this a partisan issue. It's really not. Um, I, you know, Basically, folks would go into the ballot box, vote like they do now is, is, is the machines they're used to, but now they'll get a printout paper receipt of their ballot. They'll be able to see who they voted for, make sure it's correct, and then they'll scan that receipt back in uh, to, a, to another machine. Uh, so you have the paper audit trail on the on the piece of paper that you scanned in. Then you also have the the machine count on the uh, on the machine you scanned it back in. So you have a paper verifiable paper audit trail. It's common sense. Um, you know the Democrats what they wanted to do is completely handmark paper ballots. They literally want you to walk into a ballot box with a pen and and scratch it in. If you ever watched provisional ballots be counted, you know people can write all over a piece of paper, they can scratch a name out, circle the next one, but the, the system that we proposed and has now been signed into law, you're literally going to be able to see on a piece of paper, print it out, how you voted, and, and then you'll be able to make sure it's correct. And if it's not, you can call an election superintendent over and get it corrected. It's it's a common sense solution and and honestly, I really I, I don't. This is an issue where I don't understand the other side. My understanding is, State Rep. Houston Gaines. My understanding is, uh, for example, we have a sales tax referendum in Athens in November. My understanding is, at least in theory, we could be using new machines then. We could, and I think that's the hope. Is you know that you have several municipalities, local governments that have elections this November, and the hope is to at least it may not be across the state. Uh, but the hope is as quickly as possible to roll these machines out, and I believe Athens would be a perfect place to do so. Uh, teacher pay raise is part of the budget that, that you folks adopted there beneath the Gold Dome in Atlanta. Uh, the governor campaigned on $5,000 teacher raises. That became 3000 and there was a time when even the 3000 was in question because you needed to find money for other certified professionals, uh, the school counselors and psychologists, guidance counselors, the rest of it. Uh, you're satisfied with the resolution? I am, and, and, and thrilled with the biggest pay raise ever for teachers in the state of Georgia. And and this is something that Governor Kemp campaigned on. It's something that a lot of us believe is necessary. We've got to recruit and retain our best and brightest. And I think a $3,000 pay raise for teachers and all certified personnel is critical. And I'm really excited about it. The budget also has some great items for Athens uh, in Oconee County. We were able to secure funding for the Watkinsville Library. We were able to expand um, and, and increase the number of students in the medical partnership between Augusta University and the University of Georgia here in Athens. That's going to increase health care uh, opportunities and access in the long run in this area. Uh, several University of Georgia capital projects. It was a great year for Athens in, 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 in terms of the budget and, and the surrounding area. So we're really excited about this budget, including the teacher pay raises. Uh, is that going to, uh, I, I have an assumption, and if I'm wrong, tell me, my assumption is you're talking strictly about state money. I mean, that's all you really have access to in the legislature and the governor's office. But I'm wondering about any bottom line impact on local school districts themselves. Is, is the Clark County School District somehow, some way, Oconee County going to feel a pinch here as a result of what you you folks did guaranteeing more money for teachers and other certified professionals. So that was that was a concern early on in the budget process. Um, it is likely that, that local school districts will take a little bit. We we tried to cover as many um, folks as possible. There are some 
uh, positions that the local governments fund entirely. And so on those positions, they likely would have to uh, uh, increase expenses a little bit. Uh, but we did try to do our best to ensure that we're covering so that local school districts aren't footing the bill for those increases. Governor Brian Kemp signing this Medicaid waiver, uh, the Medicaid waiver legislation a couple of weeks ago. How is this different from the Medicaid expansion the Democrats have been talking about, the Democrats and some Republicans have been talking about for a while? So in part, the, you know, a Medicaid expansion, you would be taking people who already have private health insurance program, or who already have private insurance, uh, off of private insurance, putting them on the Medicaid rolls. Um, so that, that, that's a large part of the problem. Anyone over 100% of the federal poverty line has access to, to insurance on the exchange market at highly subsidized rates. And so this would, this would instead of saying, you know, join the private insurance market, instead we're going to take you on to government health care. And so, you know, what we're looking at is, is under 100% of the federal poverty line where we can uh, increase access for, for these individuals. Uh, but expansion, you know, you're, you're basically increasing a program that, that a lot of physicians won't even take. Uh, take Medicaid because it pays so low. And so instead, I think we need to look at waiver opportunities. Um, it's not going to be perfect, but I think it's a great way for, for individuals who, who truly can't afford health care to increase access. Um, but the, the, the 1332 program, to, which is a reinsurance um, that could allow us you know, to, to ensure lower costs for everybody. And so I think that there's, there's opportunities here to, that, that will support all of Georgia, um, not only uh, people under 100% of the federal poverty line, but instead we're, you know, the Democrat proposal is, is just, hey, let's just put everybody on government health care. And that's not what we're trying to do. Well, no, I mean, the, the Medicare for all, as they sometimes call it, we can't afford Medicare for some. I know, I know. I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, Medicare for all, I, you know, I, I had these numbers months ago, but I mean, it would, it would triple or quadruple our state budget alone if we went to that at the state level. And, and federally, you know, it, it's whatever, $32 trillion or something crazy. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's the Democratic double, Party It's today. almost double the size of our entire economy. It, it, it's a crazy idea. And, <laughs> but but that, that, that is the Democratic Party of today. It's not, hey, let's work together. It's, hey, let's just grow government. And, and, and I disagree with that. Right, uh, medical marijuana, House Bill 324. And again, we use that shorthand, medical marijuana. What we're actually talking about here is cannabis oil. And now it can be cultivated in Georgia, assuming the governor signs a bill. It sounds like he will. He's the one who crafted the compromise. Uh, to bottom line it really quickly, we'd be growing marijuana at the University of Georgia, if I understand correctly. Potentially. It would be up to, to, to the two land-grant universities, Fort Valley State and University of Georgia, if, if they would like to uh, research um, research low can low THC oil. So this doesn't uh, require them to, but it, that's it right. allows them to. That's right. And and you know, there's a lot of potential federal funding and grant funding for 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 those opportunities. So we'll see. Um, but it does authorize a limited number of licenses to only uh, sell and 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 grow uh, for these patients that need help. And you know, uh, right before we voted um, the first time, I I, I remember a, a constituent who reached out to me months ago. And I went back and read read her email, and just the difference this made for her child, who's had has autism, seizures constantly, and she said that once they started taking this low THC oil, it made a complete difference, and she was able to be herself again. And that's why I supported this bill. I think it's good for patients, um, and, and and you know this is a very limited access to low THC oil, and I think it can make a real difference. My concern would be we don't know what we don't know, and this speaks to the need, as you say, for further research on this. And we've been in this catch twenty two. Well, let's do. The research we can't grow the marijuana right. to do the research and, i mean and, that, that anecdotal story that mom and her daughter and when i say anecdotal that doesn't mean not true that's it right. just means we haven't I really done a lot of scientific work on it this will enable us to and that's right and 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 you know the federal government needs to get its, its act together and part on this issue 
um, because it, it, it's very limiting on what sort of research can be done. And, and you know, it, it is unfortunate that we don't have the, the, the medical scientific research, but there's no doubt that, that the anecdotal evidence in this case, it's made a difference for these 8,000 patients that have the, have the card to get the Any access. Any concern that we don't know, again, we don't know what we don't know 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road, what some effects might be. Well, and, and, and I think on the, the low THC oil, it, it's not, um, you know, recreational or anything like mm-hmm. that. And, 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 you know, there's great provisions in the bill. You can't even vape it, uh, smoke it, nothing. And what we're talking about is oil. Um, and it's been proven and, and shown to work anecdotally. And, and I do hope we can get some research done. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's a common sense, uh, very, very limited access program. And, and the reality is we're talking with patients that, again, are having seizures, Ten times a day, and, and I hundreds think in some hundreds. Cases. I mean, it, it's um, but so I think that this this is going to be helpful for these patients. Well, State Rep. Houston gains the school safety bill, and a lot that went into that one. Uh, one thing that was conspicuous in its absence, though, any real talk about guns? No, we 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 really didn't um, have any any uh, gun conversation this session. Which you know, obviously that's that's a lot of uh, a lot in the news quite frequently these days, but. It wasn't something that we talked a whole lot about, frankly. Uh, and in terms of what will be done, the school safety drills, we already do the fire drills, the tornado right. drills, the rest of it. We'll add the, I don't know what the language is, active shooter drills, terrorism exercises, whatever. Yeah, that's right. And, it, you know, it, it was a bill that, again, uh, the, the, if I remember correctly, it was, it was getting late in the evening, about probably 11 o'clock when we were debating this, this vote. But uh, some of the kind of far-left members got up and spoke against this bill and, uh, and most of the Democrats, if I remember correctly, voted with us on it. But it's uh, again, I just don't understand why we're playing partisan politics with with school safety, ensuring the the, the safety of of our children. And it, you know, it, it was a good bill. Um, there's more we've got to do. You know, f- frankly, I think even bigger component of this was the sixty nine million dollars we put in the amended budget last year to give thirty thousand dollars to every public school. Uh, to, to, to create public safety um, uh, initiatives within within the schools and creating a plan. Um, so I think that, honestly, is probably more uh, more supportive in the long run. But, yeah, this was a good bill that, that can help help our schools. Well, State Rev. Houston Gaines with us now a couple of minutes here. I, I knew this, and I've since forgotten. What were your committee assignments? Uh, health and Human Services, Code Revision, and Insurance. Okay, and 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 your experiences on those. I mean, is that I don't know. How, I don't know how much input you have. These are the committees I want. I don't want those. I don't know. I don't know what the process is there. So you can request three, okay. and uh, and and uh, particularly excited. I was, uh, you know, health and insurance were were two that I was thrilled about, and um, you know, th- those are two committees that um, if you look at all the bills that passed, uh, maybe twenty five to fifty percent of them went through those two committees. I mean, those are two of the most uh, busy. Um, committees, you know, we're talking about uh, important issues. Healthcare, I think, is such a big conversation in our state right now. Um, and so I was excited about uh, our, our, our committee assignments. I think that shows, you know, that we've got to have good leadership in this in this seat. You know, to get a bill through that's a really big, important public health bill through in our first session, we got significant funding. Um, I think that that shows we've got to have somebody who can make a real difference in this seat. And, and I'm excited about the, the leadership we were able to provide in our first session. You know, session. I, I've talked about this before, Houston. Gaines, Houston Gaines. I did, that, that seat flipped. I did, we had three different people in two years <laughs> in, in that seat there and from two different parties. I mean, right. say what you will about dis- redistricting and gerrymandering and all the rest of it, and people are saying plenty. You and Marcus Weedower sit in two competitive districts. Now, that's fun for me, maybe not for you, but it's I mean, it, they're, 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 I don't know 
it's going to be, but I'm guessing they're going to be gunning for you again in 2020 and probably try to hang this House Bill 481 around you. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll try to hang all sorts of things around us. And, and But I think voters will have to make the decision, do you want someone who, who has clearly gotten something done in their first three months in legislature, again, passing uh, a bill through the General Assembly that is a serious public health issue that we can all agree on, by overwhelming bipartisan support, significant funding for our area, uh, made a real difference in conversations on other bills, um, or do you want someone who's just going to go and complain and, and really not uh, get anything done? I think that's what voters will have to decide. Uh, when do, I mean, do you ever stop running for something like this? <laughs> I mean, two-year cycles. and, and It's like, crazy, yeah. It, 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 it's it, got to be nuts. It's, um, you know, it, 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 you know, right now I'm focused on uh, getting through this session. We've got a lot of uh, legislative recaps and, and updates we're going to be sharing with groups across the communities. One of those next week, by the way. Uh, is it, I should know this. At the Classic Center, is that where we're going to be? Right. Uh, That's Wednesday, right. Wednesday, I That's think. Right. Uh, a noon thing with the Rotary Clubs. Yours truly. I should know this because I'm going to be <laughs> moderating that thing uh, Wednesday of next week. Members of the local legislative delegation, all of you invited to it. And, oh, by the way, uh, State Rep. Spencer Fry, Democrat, uh, will be in studio with us. I think we have him penciled in for the 9 o'clock hour tomorrow. So we'll talk with him, get his perspective from him side of the aisle when we visit tomorrow. State Rep. Houston Gaines, congratulations. The end of a first legislative session, your very first legislative session there in Atlanta. Thanks for rolling out here this morning. Thanks so much, Tim.